This episode of Drama School Dropout is brought to you by Flatmates. Flatmates is a brand new play by me, Ingram Noble, and it's on at the Glasgow Acting Academy from the 2nd of February to the 4th of February 2024. Flatmates is a hilarious and intriguing comedy that follows the lives of five eclectic roommates. Debbie the history student, Sheridan the drama school star, Mitch the sociologist turned only fan sensation, Tom the lovable but dim-witted PE student, and Brad. Follow them through a wine fueled game of Monopoly when chaos ensues after Tom stumbles upon an invitation for two to the king's coronation. With tickets in hand, tensions rise and the only question is, who will seize the chance of a lifetime? You can get your tickets for flatmates either by clicking the link in the bio or going to www.ticketsource.co.uk forward slash flatmates. All of this and more coming up on Drama School Dropout. Because I found the thing that really takes its toll is the after parties, then the after after parties <laughs> that never end. I made a complete fool of myself and really, really angered the vicar at our local church. There was some kind of nativity scene. Um, I was really young and I, I ended up decapitating Joseph. Certainly something on stage where I was the center of attention was right up my alley. Waffle stomping, the bigger the foot, the better the stomp. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident drama school dropout and this week it's episode 175 and I am joined by one of my favourite people in the world. I'm joined by the absolutely wonderful Ollie Higginson. But before we jump into today's episode, I just want to mention that this episode was recorded in the middle of the SAG after strikes, so there were certain things that we couldn't talk about, including Bridgerton. But that just means later on in the future, I'll have to have Ollie back on the podcast so we can talk all things Bridgerton. But without further ado, please help me welcome to the podcast the wonderful ollie higginson drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout fuck your whole course now try something new drama school Welcome to the podcast. How are we? Um, very good. Very good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you again. Well, after we've both recovered from the fringe, I ran away from that place, like never going back to Edinburgh ever again. I know. I mean, you were only there for two weeks, weren't you? Three weeks, two weeks? The first till like the 13th, something like that. You only did half of the um, trial of Edinburgh. And it was horrible. I hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> were you out every night? Were you uh, in bed by 10pm? I was. Cocoa? So I was at home still. I was commuting every day. So we literally, we performed at 11. We were finished by about one-ish. I would literally walk out of the theatre, walk to the train station and go home. Ah, well, that's probably quite smart then, because I found the thing that really takes its toll is the after parties, then the after after parties <laughs> that never end. I did plan, and it's one of my biggest regrets, because obviously when you work in Gilded Balloon and stuff, you get given the pass and you can go and see everything for free. It was one of my big regrets that I didn't, take advantage of that more because literally I think it was the Monday before we started at the Fringe I was very well prepared I had recorded this podcast up until like I think I was a month and a half in a, ahead right and then all of a sudden I'd been talking to my guests being like when do you want this to come out when's best for you and a lot of the Americans were like well August is like the start of pilot season so if we can like the more attention I can get the better <laughs> So I was holding on to all of my episodes and then I think it was like 10 o'clock because of time difference on the Monday before I just got like so many emails come through being like, we're now officially on strike, podcasts aren't allowed to happen. 
I mean, technically you can put it out because we recorded prior to the strike, but yeah. I can't promote it. And I was like, we'll just hold off. I just then became really yeah. busy while I was also doing The Fringe because I have to keep this up. To, and I was like right. every day being like, hey, please come and do my podcast. Hey, please, please like pick me. And it's just been as much as I stand in solidarity with strikers and think people should be paid fairly and there should be AI protections. It's been a massive pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's definitely it's definitely thrown everyone into a bit of a tizzy. No one really knows what they're doing. There seems to be about a hundred different rules for everything. But how's life? Because it's been it's been a mad couple of years. We've just obviously we just finished at the fringe, which is madness in itself. But how's life? Yeah, it's good. I feel very creatively fulfilled. I feel very, very lucky to be working on a range of range of different projects and and this has been a year where I've also started writing a lot and you know really kind of collaborating with other artists and it's been great to find a lot of freedom outside of just the kind of conventional kind of you know uh, audition and you know hear back or don't hear back and then audition again hear back don't hear back audition maybe get a job that kind of you know I, I mean I love that conveyor belt of of the job of being an actor but it's lovely to just sort of sit down and meet people and chat and it's felt like a really creative year and maybe that's been born out of the strike a bit i think people yeah. got a bit more time on their hands so yeah i feel very good indeed yeah mine's been completely different so for anybody that follows me on social media if you're not why you're here um but please do go follow me uh, i'm going on tour next year and that is a show that me and my best friend wrote in lockdown and eventually it grew legs and ran away faster than we ever could, could like catch it. Incredible. And so I've spent like three years now collaborating. And while I was at the fringe, I come home one night and I was laying in bed and I just thought to myself, I just a random idea sparked in my head. I was like, what would happen if a bunch of Scottish uni students got an invitation to the coronation? And I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. So I started writing this play that I'm developing at the moment. It's done and it's I'm hopefully going to be workshopping it soon. Um, and I've really enjoyed not collaborating. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. You're just wanting like a bit of a uh, bit of solitary time. To... It was so nice coming home and just like sitting for like three hours every night in bed. Yeah. Like I'd just put Netflix on yeah. in the background and I'd just write all of these absolutely stupid jokes about the monarchy and all of this other yeah. sort of stuff. And then as I was doing a reading the other day i like i'll always remember where i was when the queen passed because i was recording a podcast and it was with an american guest and she was like are you okay like is every do, do we need to like stop or something and i was like no i'm i'm okay like it was my grandma that was like really upset but yeah. it was i was like thinking about that the other night and it was like funny how i'm writing this on the anniversary of all of that happening and stuff. Wow, yeah. That's that's but yeah, I'm enjoying just not collaborating right now. But that's such a great idea for a show. What I do like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? Doesn't have to be a professional one. We'd love a good nativity story. Well, the story that my parents always tell, my sisters always tell, I've got two older sisters and they're always saying that I made a complete fool of myself and really, really angered the vicar at our local church. There was some kind of nativity scene. Um, I was really young and I, I ended up decapitating Joseph. Mary's husband um, was decapitated uh, in my <laughs> version of the nativity. That's great. Um, during some kind of parade, I, I had a kind of a doll and I, we were supposed to kind of set it all up. So um, it all went uh, it all went wrong from there, really. <laughs> I sort of ended up... Somehow acting off the back of that um, debut, but 
I suppose I, I I remember doing musicals quite early on at school and things like that. Um, someone actually emailed me out of the blue a couple of days ago. I was doing a short film and they were the accountant on the short film. They emailed me and they said, Ollie just wanted to say, were you the same Ollie who did Stagecoach in Wimbledon about 20 years ago? And we were playing, we were like in a show, a devised show about pirates and we were like in people's nightmares. And I got this massive like core memory of hmm. probably my earliest time performing on stage. And I can still like envision the costume and all of that. So I think I'll have to uh, credit my, my first performance to that kind of weird pirate thing. It's something called Stagecoach, which I'm sure... We've got Stage, yeah. Yeah. And I think I had my first kiss that same week. So it was a really eventful week in my life. <laughs> it's so weird how many actors have their first kiss on stage. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't happen to me. I mean, you know, that's a weird phenomenon in and of itself. Yeah, like, I just can't imagine. Yeah. Like, it never it didn't happen to me, but I can't imagine having this such a, a sort of, I don't know, milestone moment in front of an audience. Well, it's it's kind of controversial. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I was there, you know, or not on a professional basis, and I, I loved every second of it. But I think it is quite hard for kids who grow up on screen. Um, you know, a lot of them have these kind of pivotal moments in their lives you know, played out fictionally in front of yeah. millions of viewers. I think it can be quite tricky. So, but I, I certainly don't have any, I have only fond memories of that experience, thankfully. Just kissing on stage. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't yeah. have fond memories? Still doing it today. Do you remember when, because I think there's such a difference in going to like Saturday clubs and um sort of after school programs for acting. But do you remember the point where you were like, oh no, this is actually like, what I want to do because you also went off and did a degree in theology. Mm. So like when when did you like know I'm gonna be an actor for like my life? To be honest, pretty pretty early on it was something that I sort of just assumed I would do uh, incredibly presumptuously. Uh when I was about you know five or six I was putting on shows in my bedroom. Presumptuous or manifesting? Or man manifesting. Yeah manifesting before it was cool. Yeah. Um six year old me putting on shows in his room, forcing anyone who was coming around to watch me. I was always like, I'm going to be an actor, I'm going to be an actor or a singer, maybe in a band or something like that. But certainly something on stage where I was the centre of attention was right up my alley. And then it kind of, I guess it changes when you become a teenager, you start to, I discovered Shakespeare and started to read, you know, things like Mamet and, um, you know, those wonderful books like Respect for Acting. I can tell you I was not doing that when I was a teenager. <laughs> I got quite, quite geeky about acting and had quite a good drama teacher and that and then I then I was like sort of I began to realize that you know you needed to do things like go to drama school and or get an agent or that it, it was a lot more complicated than just deciding to be an actor I was lucky that I grew up in London so I was always kind of on the doorstep of a lot of theater I think it was theater yeah. acting that, that got me going so I honestly as long as I can remember I was like I'm gonna be a performer I'm gonna be an actor yeah I suppose yeah I went and did a degree in theology I didn't feel like at 18 you know and I would just like to say that's public information I popped out with that piece of information like I'd been stalking you um it is on his spotlight because <laughs> I was just like you did a degree in theology and then I was like that sounded really weird the way that I just I wonder why it is on my spotlight <laughs> Special skills? Special skills, theology. Don't know what it has to do with acting. <laughs> yeah, so how, was that like a backup? I think in, in some senses it could be called a backup. I mean, it, I don't think it's the most like employable degree that you can get. It's probably only slightly above acting. 
but from my parents' perspective, I think it was a reassuring, at least it was academic and, you yeah. know, it was at a proper university rather than, you know, a, a conservatoire or something. And and I think maybe they thought I would grow, it was an opportunity for me to grow out of the whole acting dream. Yeah. But I, I must say, you know, it's something I say to a lot of people, you're a drama school dropout yourself. But like, I think a lot of, I think it's hard going at 18 uh, to drama school and, I think for me, I was I was really okay with putting it off for a few years and getting out of London and going and meeting people and, you know, having a bit of a messy sort of uh, growing up phase before I went mm. into such an intense institution as a drama school. So I was up for it. I wasn't, I certainly wasn't saying, oh, I want to go to drama school, I want to drama school. It suited my parents and it kind of suited me too. So I think drama school is a, I didn't even go when I was 18. The first time that I went, right. I was, what, 20, 21, 21, 21. Okay. And even at 21, couldn't couldn't cope. I had this sort of horrible, yeah. I mean, everybody knows the story, but this lecturer just did not take a liking to me and just sort of made my life a bit shit. And I think that at any age, that's difficult to sort of like navigate through. And I, I, I do think that I've had a lot of arguments with close personal friends and family friends that then you you like oh what you're doing oh I've got an exam tomorrow oh well it's on the acting act no <laughs> no and I think it's oh, gosh, extremely yeah. difficult for anyone to navigate regardless of age so I mean maybe I'd have done better with a degree in theology <laughs> instead of instead of my being <laughs> acting I mean it's certainly like I guess it's the same with all teachers but the the quality of acting teaching I think is just so varied and um and as you say from your experience which sounds really really difficult you know it, it can borderline on you know the fine line between something which is challenging and something which is you know damaging is yeah is quite it is quite a fine line and take someone with real acting teaching skill to be able to make sure that's on the right side of that I do have to ask you, though, what's your favourite Shakespeare play? Right now, I would probably say I'm a really big fan of Measure for Measure. Fun. That's one of the ones that I really never, I kind of could watch again and again because I think it's such a knotty and difficult and, you know, challenging play. So whilst I love, you know, a lot of the more mainstream ones, I do find like sometimes I, I tire of watching them maybe. <laughs> but um, But Measure for Measure, I think, is constantly, I, I haven't seen anyone kind of, get to the bottom of it which is the sign of a good play i think so yeah it's so controversial and i love it what's your favorite i'm a basic bitch macbeth macbeth yeah i mean fantastic i, I got to play him in like my final year of drama school and it was just oh. the most fun i've ever had and ever since like i've loved it since i played him in secondary school we studied it for gcse drama uh gcse english sorry and like i don't know i've just always had sort of this connection to it yeah it is an amazing. I mean, I, I love it. I love the pace of it. All the ones that are quite urgent and mm. just kind of rattle along at a pace, I find really exciting. I love Richard the Third. Um, I love you know Othello and um, I love Taming of the True, but it's quite you know controversial right now. Oh, Taming the True, yeah, yeah. I did when I was at Guildhall. I did um, a production of Kiss Me Kate, which is probably even more controversial than. <laughs> <laughs> it somehow manages to make a 400 year old play seem even more dated than, <laughs> um but uh i did also do measure for measure as well which which i loved and macbeth macbeth is amazing yeah i love macbeth good choice 
RSC FM if you're ever casting. I will do it for free. Just get me there and give me a hotel room. I'll do it for free. <laughs> Great. That's a good deal. Have you seen uh, any pro- professional productions of Macbeth? Oh, hundreds. <laughs> what Do you have a favourite one? or See, no, because nobody's ever, ever got it how it is in my head. Yeah. And the way it is in my head, I know exactly who I'd cast in it. And I know how yeah. I'd do it. Um, in my head, Lady Macbeth's a lot older than Macbeth, and that's why they don't have children, and that's where the manipulation sort of comes in. So, I, this is always my answer for a question I'm going to ask you later on in the episode, but I'd love to do it with Catherine Tate. Oh. So, me as Macbeth, and Catherine Tate as Lady Macbeth. Wow. Because I think that their relationship never is never portrayed the way that I think about it. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I like the idea of her being visibly older than him. And that's where the manipulation sort of comes in. And they don't have children. So I imagine that she's, and I think this is not, a, I'm just going to say she probably Ooh. can't have children instead of saying the word that I was going to say. Um, But I don't know. I've never seen anyone do Macbeth the way that I do it, the way that I would do it in my head. But I will say my favourite Shakespeare I've ever seen performed live was... Um, the RSC's Romeo and Juliet, Karen Fishwick was playing Juliet, and it was just amazing. Oh my god, I know Karen really well. She lives literally down the road from me. No way. Yeah. Oh my god. Are you are you friends? Have you have you met? Oh, we her are. In, we're industry in friends. Do you know industry what I mean? Friends. Like, yeah. I've met her a few times. She's done the podcast. She'd done some workshops while I was at drama school. She came to my showcase. Like, I wouldn't say we're friends, friends, but we're like, we know each other. Do you know oh. what I mean? But Karen, if you do want to be friends. She's amazing. That is an, that, what an honour. The best, the best one you've ever seen. That's the best one that I've ever seen. She is fantastic. Yeah. She is great. It was like a very modern one, wasn't it? Yes. I remember at some point, if this is going back years, I think four years now or something, there was just this point where the stage totally changed and there was just all these like foliage and plants coming out of the the back wall and the oh. like, people were climbing up it to get on like this cube. Oh, it was amazing. Wow. That's and sick, yeah. I actually would go as far to say that Romeo and Juliet is probably the most overdone, tired work sure. Shakespeare play. Yeah, yeah. But they made it like so fresh and exciting. And, I, and Karen also wow. changed my life that night because I was very new to the industry and I was reading the programme and like her credit was New College Lanarkshire where I ended up going for my second go around. And it was sort of one of those, you know, like, well, if somebody just, if somebody that came from the same background as me can do it, it's like achievable yeah. and possible. And did she do it in her own voice, in her own accent? I can't remember. Um, but talking about your time at Guildhall, drama school is yeah. one of my favourite things to talk about in the world. And of course, one of my favourite things is the funny and crazy shit that happens there because people wouldn't believe what goes down behind those doors. Do you have a favourite funny or crazy drama school story you can share with us without incriminating anyone? I do have quite a funny, I do have quite a funny story, actually. Well, I've, I've a bazillion funny stories, but the one that I'm going to just say the one that first popped into my head uh which which i found re- maybe other people are not going to find the story very uh controversial but basically uh we were doing measure for measure and i was playing angelo it was a thing where we played a couple of characters so i was playing angelo and then i played um the provost or something like that a smaller role basically yeah 
um, the fantastic, I, I absolutely love her. She's a, an actress. She went to Guildhall. Her name is Mariah Gale. Um, she's done many a Shakespeare over the years. Most recently, she was Lady Macbeth. Macbeth, and she's also done Isabella in Measure Measure at the Globe. And she, yes, yeah, she, she was directing it. Uh, it was a third year or sort of second year project, and she gave us this this um, exercise to do, which she. So we were all off to the going to the pub after our the end of the week. It was Friday afternoon, mm. about five p.m. We'd been in rehearsals for measure for measure and she took me aside and said um and said <laughs> I, and bear in mind this was about this is like 2017 so um brexit i thought you were going to say 20 years ago and i was like no, how no, old are I'm you 20, i'm 55 um <laughs> no uh but yeah no uh this was 2017 so brexit had just happened and um she was like ollie ollie can you just everyone was sort of grabbing their bags and they were like, all right, see you at the pub, let's go to the pub. And she was like, Ollie, um, I want you to go to, uh, when you go to the pub later, I want you to uh, subtly bring up in conversation the um, the issue of Brexit and whether or not Britain should have left the EU. And I want you to passionately argue that Britain should have left the EU and that we need to clamp down on um, immigration um, and uh, and you and you have to completely convince everyone that is your point of view, um, and you're not allowed to tell anyone that it's not your point of view until Monday morning when we reconvene for rehearsals. So you have to, you know, I have to stew in the fact that everyone's going to think I'm, you know, completely not the person they knew I was. Ollie Higginson, UKIP party member. Yeah, and of course, you know, I mean, maybe some people think, oh, what's what's the harm in that? But I mean, in drama school setting, you're so self conscious and you're so wanting to you know these people are part of your tribe and your family and you think you know everyone and it's obviously a very left-wing institution which which matches my own personal political views in general and um oh my gosh it was the most excruciating time in the pub um trying to and, and the sad thing was that I felt like actually people it was actually the thing that was really heartwarming was that everyone kind of was like you know what Ollie it's okay to to feel like, you know, obviously you're going through something and like, you know, it's really brave of you to share that. And and people, and I was like, but it's not inside. I was just crying. Cause I was like, this isn't me. I don't actually believe this. And they were showing me such compassion. I was expecting everyone to kind of be like, get out. But um, yeah, not friends so that was anymore. that, that makes, that puts me into a, a sweat now, just thinking about that memory. Yeah. Um, it's quite a, quite a fond one in a way. And what happened on the Monday morning? Well, I thank God, you know, Mariah very kindly, well, very, very quickly was like, just so you know, there was an acting exercise that happened uh, on Friday evening. Um, Ollie, I didn't force Ollie to do it, but I suggested it might be helpful for his uh, journeys, Angelo. And um, everyone was very, very sweet. And I got lots of big hugs and, uh, and, every, and everyone was like, gosh, you're really convincing. Um, we can add you back to the group chat. Yeah, finally, I'm back on the group chat. I haven't been cancelled. <laughs> um, but it was interesting because, you know, it was about Angelo and mm. Angelo and Measure for Measure. He's He really believes in, um, he's incredibly religious um, and really believes in what, yeah. you know, what he's what he's learned and, and through the church. And, um, and he feels, you know, there is an element of trying to get inside the head of, of an outsider. 
yeah. but um, but it was pretty pretty excruciating. Yeah, I just want to very quickly yeah. say as well while we're talking about politics, um, I'd very keep it very neutral on here. All all I want to say is make sure you're registered to vote. Don't just vote in big elections. Vote in your local elections. Read manifestos, and most importantly, fuck the Tories. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, um, stories, yeah. yeah I, I agree with you. I'm going to have just a montage of everyone saying that at the end of the year. Um, <laughs> while I was at drama school, obviously I went twice, failed once, graduated once. Um, I, I learned so many lessons over the over the years and about myself, about the industry. What was the biggest lesson that you learned while you were at drama school? It's a really good question. The first thing that sprung to mind was there was something about, I, don't, I, I think this is, a, I think it, it's it's healthier than it sounds. I hope, hope I'm going to do it justice. Um, but kind of always starting at you, um, which sounds like a little bit of a wanky kind of way of putting things, but we would often be encouraged to sort of, sometimes as an actor, you you walk into a room and you feel like you have to kind of put on a persona or put on a slightly more refined or polished or likable or attractive version of yourself. And yes, you know, there are situations where you might have to do that, but they were really supportive in kind of approaching a role from yourself um, and not not being, not shying away from kind of where you were that day. So, you know, if, you, if you've just gotten off the tube and, you know, you're hot and bothered and you're frustrated and you're feeling a bit claustrophobic or, or if you've got money troubles or if you, you know, uh, if you're struggling with a relationship or whatever, it's, it's often healthier to sort of, to come from that place um, yeah. in a healthy way, of course, but to, rather than to kind of deny something in order to fabricate a different kind of sensation because... At the end of the day, you know, Hamlet or Angelo or Romeo, you know, they can they can be anything that's so brilliantly written. But you all you have to do is fill it with who you are in that moment. And if you can go to it authentically rather than trying to put something on or put on a mask, then I think that's where great acting is, because it's where your truth in the present moment matches with the truth of the character that the the playwright has written. You want to fuse those things together. So I, I think about, you know, and it's something I still struggle with is like, what is my authentic voice you know what is ollie's version of this character rather than you know the way that everyone else has done it how what makes my one different so i guess that was something i really learned oh i still struggle with that yeah it's really hard especially at the french when i'm rapping about robert burns (laughs) how do i bring truth to them oh it was that's triggering triggering i also i also one thing one thing i will also say is like you know your success isn't indicative of of whether or not you're an artist or an actor yes. and like i think that was something that drama school is one of the few places where like you know it's such, such a precious place because you none of you are working at that point so that you're all on a level playing field and that everyone is equally empowered as artists and it's something that i think is really important to try and cling on to as long as possible throughout your career is like i am an artist i am an actor i am a valid creator of art regardless mm. of the fact that i've been rejected you know, five times in a row. Have you been reading my emails? <laughs> You've been reading mine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but staying on the the Shakespeare route, um, I feel like that's going to be a theme this episode. Um, you've obviously just been announced very recently that you're going to be in Othello at the Globe this winter. What? How are we feeling? That uh, that's on my bucket list to perform at the Globe. So if you can put oh, a good yeah. word in, I'll be forever grateful. <laughs> I will. I'll wear a t-shirt uh, with Ingram right across it. And it's all good. I'll send you my number. Just put yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah, spotlight pin. 
Brilliant. Yeah, a little QR code people can just, yeah, straight to you. Whatever we can do. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited. I I love the globe. Um, I love Shakespeare. I It's something I've been wanting to do. Obviously, I graduated into the pandemic, really. So, you know, the globe has been one of those places that's really suffered, like many theatres, and there hasn't been much on. So it's... Um, it's lovely to finally have an opportunity to work yeah. there. Um, and on top of that, it's we're actually in the um, Sam Wanamaker space, which is since happening in the wintertime, which is that, you know, one of my, I think just an amazing, beautiful, very intimate, very, um, very charged space or candlelit. And uh, I think a play like Othello in particular is a play that really excites me and really scares me and moves me. Um, I think it's really difficult and really knotty and very contemporary. I, I can't wait. And I'm, I'm playing Cassio, which is a role I've always wanted to have a stab at. Again, you know, it's just great when you read a, a role or a play and you think, okay, you know, there's a lot to get to the bottom of here. Sometimes you read something, you're like, well, I know exactly how I'll do that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to play Cassio. Um, it's going to be completely collaborative and, you know, with everyone else around us and, and also a process of discovery. And like I was saying a minute ago, bringing Ollie Higginson at this moment in his life, how where, where does he begin and Cassio begin and where are those crossovers? And so I'm really excited just to kind of excavate that. And the director is directed by Ola Ince, who I've worked with a little bit before. And she really is an absolutely extraordinary powerhouse of a director. And her version of this play is unlike anything that has ever been done with Othello before. So I'm really excited excited to see how people are going to react to it i'm sold i'm gonna to have to now have an <laughs> unplanned trip to london this um when when is it please running? do yeah so it runs um i believe january 19th to april 13th oh that's even better i can do it after christmas oh now i know what i'm asking for for yep. christmas <laughs> yeah yeah please please uh please do come down i might come on my birth. no i can't come on my birthday I'll be in rehearsals. Oh, of course, well, because you'll be touring quite a similar time, won't you? We, our first date is April 26th. Okay, cool. Oh, it's my birthday. Lovely. Ten days after mine. <gasps> no wonder we get on so well. April 16th. We're both Tauruses. Are you a Taurus? No, I'm an Aries. <gasps> oh, well, no wonder we don't get on well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we actually, we hate each other. No, we go from <laughs> October, uh, April the 26th to, I want to say, uh, May the 14th, something like that. I've not looked at the dates in a while since I booked. Right, right. Um, nice. But no, that I'm, I'm going to have to come, come to London. Come see Othello, please, please do, and um, we can hang out. Yeah, I will do. I will. Definitely come to I, I know what I'm asking for for Christmas now. I was going to ask for a washer flosser, but now <laughs> I'm going to ask for tickets to Othello. Um <laughs> A fun question that I love to ask everybody that comes on is if a casting director came to you tomorrow and said, listen, I want to do a two-hander with you in the West End or Broadway, but preferably the West End so I can come and see it, but I don't know who I want to put you with and you can pick anyone to be your show partner, but they have to be alive. Who are you picking? And I'm going to make it slightly easy for you and you can't say your wife. Well, I've done, I've done a two-hander. No, I, I would. I've done a two-hander with her. So I've ticked that bucket list. Um I would do it again. Maybe we will do it again. And obviously I have done a 200 in the West End with Molly Lynch, who was amazing. So I can't pick her because um, that's already already happened. But shout out to Molly. She was an amazing partner through that um, and a brilliant actor. I Who would I pick? I mean, I immediately started thinking like, uh, you know, these sort of incredible powerhouse female actors like um, 
you know, Florence Pugh. And then I just thought of Bella Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, they're absolutely amazing. Um, from The Last of Us and Catherine Colberti. Iconic. Uh, I can't even imagine what doing two-hander with them would be like. I'd be upstaged every single second of the day. And then I was thinking, maybe I'll do it with Andrew Scott. Maybe we'll do a two-person Vanya. Wow, that, that would be great. Or maybe I would just want to do it. Maybe I'd want to do it with you, Ingram. I don't know. Nobody's <laughs> ever said me before, so thank you very much. Maybe I'll do it with you. I, I think it's a it. hard, it's a very hard question, isn't it? We'll do it. Yeah, my my answer, other than yourself, has always been Catherine Tate. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think, like, if you're doing a long run, I even think in the moments where it gets really shit and you can't be asked anymore, I feel like she's the type of person that would pick up on that and cheer everyone up. Yeah, you know, it going off, following off that, I, I'd happily do a two hander with Brian Cox. Yes. I think that would be. Uh... That'd be quite a. Uh, that would be quite fun. again. Again, he. I'm sure he would completely um, obliterate me in the acting department. But um, I. I would do my best to. Oh, Catherine Tate is going to fuck me over every night. <laughs> the reviews are going to be Catherine um, Great Ingram shite. <laughs> that is a very good question, though. I'm going to be thinking about that all day now. I'm going to play a game now, and this game is my favourite thing in the world. It's called Stage Right or Stage Shite, and it's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and have been submitted by listeners. And one is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer, Heather. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope, so I can play along too. And I was told again today not to read these before I got on the podcast, and I never get told that, so I'm slightly worried. We've got to find out which one's the lie. Number one. Back in the 90s, I'd had some headshots printed and was walking back across London to get the tube home. My bag broke and 50 8x10s of my face flew across the pavement. I looked like a right weirdo. Number two, so many things that went wrong during so many things went wrong during the first night of our first year show that during the interval our lecturer wrote goes wrong under the title of the play on all of the posters. <laughs> Number 3, on the first day of drama school a boy in my class told us that his hobby was waffle stomping. I avoided him at all costs for 3 years. What's waffle stomping? I'm googling. Absolutely no idea. I'm googling. Stomping. I don't know if I want to do this. Waffle just... stomping. I've been told not to read these prior. So, oh no, is it is it incredibly sexually graphic? No, it's just very dirty. <laughs> is this this isn't a, this isn't a, a, a children's podcast? So. No, it's not. Uh, it's shitting in the shower and then standing on it and making it go down the drain. I mean, you know, I've heard worse. That's vile. I'm sorry, I've heard worse too. Probably done worse. Oh, that's what. Stop. I wonder what it was I was doing. <laughs> now you can call. Now you can. Now I it. know what to call it. I was trying to come up with a name. I don't know, right? I think the writing that goes wrong under the title of the play is hilarious. That's great. Oh, um, absolutely. Whoever that teacher is, I wish they'd done that for some of our third year shows. <laughs> they, they deserve that under the title, too. Here's the thing that I'm. I'm not even thinking about the waffle stomping, right? Because I don't think Heather would make that up. The thing that I'm thinking about is you were walking across London to get the tube home. I don't think you have to walk across London to get the tube. That's true. That's a very, that's geographically, practically speaking, that would not be. And also, like, something you do, is it? I don't think it's embarrassing that your headshots fall out. Well, I mean, in the context of nobody knowing you're an actor. Yeah. I feel like you just accept it, don't you? Wandering around, muttering like, a madman is what I do on a daily basis. On the train. Lines, people, I just kind of give up. I know. 
yeah everyone thinks we're crazy but you just yeah just give up but what so the waffle stomping one what was it was that someone on the first day of drama school told us as the class that his hobby was waffle stomping i imagine it's that Hi, my name's Ingram, and here's a fun fact about me. What an idiot. Uh, I certainly would avoid him at all costs. I did have one very recently with Charlotte Eaton. Go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to the episode already. Um, And this boy, same thing. Hi, my name is Ingram. Here's a fun fact. Said, hi, my name is whatever, and my mum makes me wear a chastity belt. And that was true. So I don't know. I'm going to go for number one, because I just there's something about walking across London to get the tube home that has so you think that's a lie i think that's the lie you don't have to follow me you can go on whatever one you like i'm gonna go i i personally think it's a bit it's a bit misleading because uh i would say the the waffle stomping feels like something that is a lot as in they the person who said it i'm sure was just saying it for attention so it was a lie but the fact that they said it i'm gonna go i'm gonna say waffle stomping is a lie that just is lewd but i well it's probably ask it's it's the perfect lie because it's so true. It's the perfect but, um, lie. Hey, let me but yeah, all right, I'll, I'll say waffle something. Right. It's the lie. Number three, you were correct. <gasps> Heather, you are a disgusting. Heather, God, Heather. I don't even want to know what made you think. Like, how do you know what waffle stomping is, Heather? Disgusting. Well, you know what? But also I don't judge because, you know, you should be, you know, as long as, as it's consensual, as long as those waffles consent, then... <laughs> It's absolutely fine. So you can do whatever you like. No, don't do that, though. Um, but if you're listening at home and you've got a story for stage right or stage right, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com and um, just keep some of the more disturbing ones to yourself, please. Um, we've got a closing tradition on the podcast where I ask the previous guest to leave a question for yourself to answer. Um, they don't know who they're asking and you won't know who you're asking. And it's a bit of a weird one that's been left for you today, Ollie. Um oh. It's very matter-of-factly. Um, what size shoe are you? <laughs> what size shoe do you think I am, Ingham? What would be I don't guess? know. I, I'm, I don't know. Because I asked why they asked this question, and they're like, because you can tell a lot about people with the size of their feet. And I was like, this is perverted. Oh, waffle stomping. The bigger the foot, the better the stomp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say a nine. I'm going to guess a nine. Wow. Wow. No, you're, you're well off. I'm 11 and and a half. Wow, I'm yeah. a 10, 11, depending ah, on. So we could almost share the same shoe and save You can a bit share of half money. of my so- shoes, yeah. I'll send them down. Just DM me your address. Oh, yeah, please do. And then I'll send you my half up. Grand. Yours might be a bit big for me, though, if you're, if you're the half, if you're a half size up. Well, stuff stuff them with um, waffles and you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, I can't cope. <laughs> um, what question would you like to leave for the next guest? What's coming up next for you? Where can people see you? Obviously, you're in Othello um, starting in January. Obviously, everybody get tickets. Yeah. Tickets linked below. Um, anything else that people can come up and see? Yeah. Um, in terms of things I can talk about, I can. Uh, you can definitely see me in a few TV things at the moment. Um, I'm in a series called The Chelsea Detective, which is... Um, for Acorn TV, which is on Amazon. I'm in episode four of that. Got a nice guest role. Um... It's a kind of murder mystery. Um, I love a TV murder mystery with Adrian Scarborough, um, who's fantastic. I got hooked on um, NCIS because I like trying oh, to yeah. figure it out before they can. Oh well, you'll love do. this. Right, I'm signing you'll up to Amazon. You will, you will love it. It's uh, yeah, every episode is a totally new kind of murder they're trying to solve um, or crime. And then um, I'm 
when I was talking about the south of France and everything, that was uh, me filming a series called Julia, which is um, going to be on on Now TV and Sky Atlantic um, and HBO. I is that with Sarah Lancashire? Um, it is indeed. Yeah, she's so good. She's but so then I never got. I didn't get her contact details. I haven't been in contact with her. It's fine. Um, we'll, we'll make it happen. Which was a sad thing. We'll make it happen. Yeah, we we need to make it happen. She was actually wonderful. She really was extraordinary and like just great to watch her work Lovely she's one of those being. people that i wish she was um, a dickhead yeah well i and someone had said she was and i and i was like that there was nothing of the sort i mean she was of course treated it incredibly well as the the kind of star that she was but she was great and she I, she taught me a very um a very great lesson which i i think all that should take with them you know actors love to moan and love to complain and love to think, oh, well, if only I could be paid a bit more, if only I could be in a slightly bigger role, if only I could be, you know... Me at um, the Fringe. ...on this and not that. And, yeah, all of us at the Fringe. But um, but she was like, you know, it's a great art to be able to look around you and go, this is this is great, and to see how wonderful something, something is. So, yeah, that's my... Uh, so, yeah, so I'll be on Julia um which will you can get on now tv in the uk that will be coming out sometime in december time and um and then yeah come see me in othello come say hello I've, it's on my christmas list it's on my christmas list um there's no, obviously also the thing we can't talk about as well yes um i'll be in the thing we can't talk about um i don't even know if we're allowed to say that soon. Um, <laughs> can't even say that just leave it just beep I'll be beep especially like I don't know why right everybody has been so nice all my American guests have been so nice and they're like just put it out just put it. and I don't want to be the guy that gets somebody blacklisted from SAG do you know what I mean yeah like oh I, well I'd just oh, blame it on you obviously but Ollie remember when you were an actor what <laughs> happened oh, I did this guy's podcast and um, I never we worked spoke again. about something and I got blacklisted like I just <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, obviously, we know if if I'm allowed to say this, it's staying in. If not, obviously, everybody knows Ollie for playing a cat apart on a very famous TV show that we can't talk about due to the strikes. And um, I can't promote it. Um, I definitely know we're not allowed to promote it, but it's happening. So take from yeah. that what you will. Well, maybe you'll just have to have me have me back in a few years' time, and then you can come back whenever you like. Please don't say a few years' time about the strikes. I need it to like. <laughs> come to like a natural conclusion i know pretty soon are you i mean it's hard isn't it it's it's really taking its toll i know it's not fashionable to talk about it because you know and, and i certainly you know I, I it's it's a contradiction you know within myself because i want the strikes to be happening i, su- I completely support mm-hmm. i've been you know there was a great um you know rally uh in parliament square with um with Brian Cox and a lot of people from Equity, you know, in solidarity with the strikes, it was fantastic to be there. And but, um, but also, you know, like it's good to talk about it. It's hard, you know. It's it's a hard time. For I'm struggling to get uh, guests right now. Like, yeah, really, yeah. I think yeah. normally it's one that's in why every. I'm here. Yeah, that's totally why you're here. No, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> normally it's one in every twenty. You'll get a yes. Right now wow. it's one in every fifty. Because obviously I'm not asking any Americans, but when you sort of go up into the higher rankings of agencies, not naming any names, they have sort of just decided blanket, we're standing in solidarity. 
Yeah. Wow. Like there was quite a rude agent not long ago that I had to tell them to calm down. Oh gosh. That's really hard. There's but no need no. to be rude and, and nasty at this kind of time. We're all just doing our best. And it's a fantastic thing that the strike is happening. I'm so Yes. Yeah. I'm so in support of it. But the other thing is I this year spoke to some of my favorite actors from my favorite TV shows. And they're literally sitting on my hard drive because I can't release them right now. And I just hope that it doesn't go on for too long because those episodes are going to be extremely out of date by the time that it comes to being allowed to post them. But as is life, as I'll still post them. They might just be a Friday bonus. And we'll Mm. all still listen. Yep. I'm going to force you all at gunpoint. Um, But where can everyone follow you on social media to keep you up to date with what you're doing? Oh, yes. Um... Well, my most treasured social media is, of course, Threads. Um, but uh, you can't you can actually find me on Threads. That was a joke, but I actually am on Threads. If you want to find me, I, I don't have many followers on there, I would imagine, but I am there. Word of warning about Threads. If you decide to delete your oh. Threads account, just delete the app. Don't delete the account because it deletes your Instagram. So don't delete your Threads account. That would be terrible. I'd um, cry. Oh, yeah. I mean, what am I? What am I without my Instagram? I'm um, nothing. No, you can find you can find me on you know uh, X um, and Instagram. I'm at yeah Ollie underscore Higginson, and uh, I um, I post lots of silly stuff on there. I actually I really enjoy social media. <laughs> it's a kind of combination of like taking it seriously and then like completely taking the pins. Mm. But yeah, I love it. Are you on Cameo or anything like that? I am on Cameo. Yeah. Definitely Everybody, come say here on Cameo. Go get the cameos. Give Ollie all of your money. Yeah. And if you write drama school dropout in the um the, the whatever the notes, Ollie will give me half of the money. So make sure to do that. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's definitely, definitely what happened. I feel um, like you were about to suggest a discount code, and then I was like, no, I want the money. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, do come say hey on cameo, because it is something that can still happen. Um with during the SAG strikes and everything. Mm. So, um, which is a really good thing. And I, I really do, lo- I, I must say, I have had a couple of weird cameos, cameo requests, um, but in general, they are lovely and so much fun. And I love just doing silly, ridiculous things and meeting people and saying, hey, so thank you. Never bought one. Who has got in touch. You've but never done one. I've never bought one, but I've been given oh. one for Christmas and it's the best Christmas uh, I've ever been given. It's the best. It's the best. Tim Woodburn called me a chicken-livered shit. Wow. You, you made it. I, I, it's like one of my prized possessions. I can never get rid of the phone. I wish someone would yeah, pay uh, Brian Cox to tell me to fuck off. I think um, I don't, I don't I know if I've got enough money for that. Pounds. It's so expensive. But um, I'll I see if everybody will check cheaper, in. By the way. I can tell you to fuck off if you like. Um, I mean, you tell that, me that just in sense. personal when I ask you to do things. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, true. Most people um... know me. That I've said it all the time. <laughs> but no, uh, I'll see if everybody will chip in. Like everybody, if you're listening now, if we all put like, how much is it? 600 quid. There's like 50,000 people that listen yeah. to this. If we all put like a penny in. 50,000? On average. Oh my gosh. Um, so if we I all put like a penny talking in. mostly about waffle stomping. <laughs> you keep bringing it up. I'm trying to move on. <laughs> I was scared for life. <laughs> but if we all put like a penny in, I'm sure we can get you a cameo from Brian Cox. We'll that make would it be happen. my Christmas maid. I'll put a fiver yeah. in the pot. I'll put a fiver oh. in. I'll oh, get we're almost there then. 
yeah, 100%. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming on and doing this. And genuinely, it means the absolute world. <laughs> now I've just got waffles stumping back in my head. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, no, it's, it's it's lovely to see you, Ingram, and um, Honestly, I'm so glad that we ran into each other. Well, I just was walking outside of the Gilded Balloon and I was like, why is that man on a on a bike? On an, ele- an, an, an exercise bike? We just got talking, and I think we ended up started talking about Sam Phillips because I think you mentioned Guildhall, oh, and yes. I was like, "Oh, I've just interviewed yeah. somebody from Guildhall," and you were like, "Who?" and I was like, "Sam Phillips," and you're like, "Oh, he's one of my good friends." And I love Sam. Sam's lovely. Sam was. It was lovely. so weird, actually. That it was, was so weird. weird that you. He's great. Yeah. It was destined to happen. Yeah, it was. To happen. it was. But anyway, um, I will let you get back to normal life. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. It's been such a pleasure. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 175 completed. Thank you so much to Ollie for coming on the podcast, and before you go, make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're enjoying the podcast, why not tell someone about it? Leaving us a rating and a review on the show will recommend us to other listeners and help the podcast grow, and it means the absolute world, so please please, please do that. And don't forget, if you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Right, you can email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com or go down into the show notes and click the link to the Google form to submit your story completely anonymously. Again, I just want to say thank you so much for continuing to tune in every week, year after year now. It's genuinely, 2024 is our fourth year running and I can't wait to see what happens next. But as per usual, I'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode. But until then, have a great week. Stay safe. I love you. Drama school dropout No graduation day for you Drama school dropout Fucked your whole course, now try something new Drama school dropout